One of one of the biggest things I try to encourage people is just take action. Just just go do. And in your case, you just did. You just went. You made a decision. You went with it. It was the wrong decision. Sure, it cost you money. Horrible decision. But now you have clarity on what you need to do, and you're taking action in that direction. Had you stopped to gather all the information that you needed to pursue this venture, you may have what, what's it called paralysis by analysis. So you would have never taken action. Welcome to Management Development Unlocked, where you will learn how to nurture a world-class management team. And now your host, Eric Gerard. Welcome back to Management Development Unlocked. I am really glad you're here. Please remember to support the show by subscribing, commenting, and sharing. Today, I am really pleased to have Stephen Morris with me. Stephen, welcome to the show. Who are you and what do you do? <laughs> I love that introduction, brother. Thank you so much, first of all, for having me on this show. Um, who am I? I'm Stephen Morris. I'm a retired Army veteran turned entrepreneur, man. After the Army, I got into the corporate world, and I describe it as, uh, you know, in one sentence, I hated every single solitary second of it. And on reflecting back, the reason I de determined that I, I just hated it so much is I, I wasn't pleased with the lack of leadership development at a lot of a lot of corporations that I was working with was giving its people. And so I'm like, you know what, I need to make a solution rather than complain about it. So that's how I got here to, with you today is I decided to try to solve problems instead of complaining. Nice. And we are going to dig into that as we go. So right on. Well, my first question for you, sir, is that you've obviously had a varied career, including time in the military. What are some lessons you've learned about leadership? <laughs> wow. What an open question. Some lessons. So the, I would say the first and f biggest lesson I've ever learned about leadership is it's always about them, never about I. If you're willing to take all the bullets for your team, your team's willing to take all the bullets for you. And, and that becomes important. A, a, a great story. A friend of mine made a, a very large blunder within the company she worked for. We're talking to the tunes of several million dollars. She went to her team, was very transparent, honest with them, how the mistakes she made, what had happened. And the first, she said the first response she got was, oh my God, how did you do that? And then the second response was, how can we help you? So my point is whenever, whenever you take the bullets for your team, when you have your teams back, they're always going to have yours. No matter how nasty the, the fray gets, they're always going to be there for you. You know, life's a journey that, that's best uh, when you have a top-notch team at your back and always want to have somebody having my six. So that, that's the number one lesson I've learned in leadership. Yeah, I like that. And it, and it jives with so much of what I've read and studied and, and what I teach is put people first, put your, your team first mm -hmm. and, and do what you can for their welfare first. So nice. Absolutely. Yeah. In the army, we have a, we have a saying, the horse always eats first. You yeah. always take care of your horse first. It's not comparing soldiers to horses, but you know, the lower ranks in the military always eat before the senior ranks. And, and literally it, when you walk down the child line, it'll be private, private second class, private third class, all the way down to first sergeant. Uh, he'll be at the very end with the commander. Because the reason is we take care of the lower first. And that that's the whole idea is, you know, you they're your backbone and they have to be able to support you. They can't do it unless they're healthy. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I love it. Yeah, there's a there's a book. I can't remember who wrote it. You'll probably know this. Uh, Leaders Eat Last. Was that Simon Sinek? Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek, yeah. Yeah, yeah good stuff. Yeah. In the book, he, he mentions a, a good friend of mine. I can't say his name. He mentions the call sign of a good friend of mine. And yeah, I, I, okay, I say good friend of mine. He saved my butt. Yeah, so <laughs> we we've met a few times, but I consider him a good friend because I'm alive because of him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, my wife has that book lying around, so I haven't read it yet. I, I will, you know, full disclosure, it's something I need to read, but haven't gotten there yet. So, wow. I, I have not been- 100% there. it's a great book. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just, I haven't been in a situation where somebody has literally saved my life. Well, I have, but it was in a hospital, so it wasn't like out in a firefight, so different. I mean, it's an experience, man. I have words can't describe it, but I can say that the that, that's probably the second greatest lesson I've learned in leadership. Um, bullets come at you fast, typically faster than the speed of sound. And so, you know, in your logic, you think that means I need to make decisions quickly. One of the key lessons I learned is the worst decisions you ever make are the ones you make quickly. Even in firefights, you always step back from the situation so you can get a good broad view of it. And then as, you, as you're gathering your information, you're making decisions. Uh, a lot of times whenever we would make abrupt decisions without taking that, that few seconds that we need because things have gotten so hectic is when we started making mistakes. So as, as a leader, I, I always try to just, no matter how hectic my situation is, I always try to just back away from it and hold on making <laughs> my, my one of my lieutenants when I was coming up through the ranks I got mad at him for this exact thing and I, I was yelling at him for hesitating he's like sergeant I didn't hesitate I was taking a tactical pause so that's what I call it now taking a tactical pause assess the situation and then make a decision I need to do more of that because I've made a number of hasty decisions especially with my company and it's come back to bite me, usually financially in a big way. So like with the, <laughs> book, with the book that I'm writing, I made a couple of decisions. Oh, yeah, we'll just do it that way. And it turns, you know, I galloped down the path that way. And it was 100% the wrong thing to do and cost me thousands. And now I've got to change tax. So, yeah, that's good advice. But I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing, though. Yeah, it hurts financially. It sucks. But... One of one of the biggest things I try to encourage people is just take action. Just just go do. And in your case, you just did. You just went. You made a decision. You went with it. It was the wrong decision. Sure, it cost you money. Horrible decision. But now you have clarity on what you need to do, and you're taking action in that direction. Had you stopped to make all the or gather all the information that you needed to pursue this venture? You, you may have, what, what's it called? Paralysis by analysis, you know, so you would have never taken action. I'm not saying you wouldn't have that. There's just in a lot of cases that that's what happens with people is that they get so con- consumed with the consumption of information that they fail to take action. And a lot of times, man, just go, just make a decision, go. And I know that's kind of a mixed message, but making making a wrong decision is is more dangerous than making no decision. Yeah. That makes that makes perfect sense. All right. Well, let's drill down a little bit. We talked a little bit about qualities of great leaders and how great leaders eat last. 
and they take care of the people. You you take the bullets for them so that they'll take the bullets for you. Let's talk specifically to new managers. What advice would you give a new manager through your lens, especially of the military and your time in, in corporate? You're no better than your people. A lot of times, I think it's John Maxwell. I'm pretty sure it's John Maxwell has his tiers of authority. And the very bottom one, the, the, the position of authority that you lead from is the position of power. You're leading straight off the power that your position grants you. That, that, and he stresses that it's okay to be there for a short time. But I tend to disagree with that. I don't think it's, it's okay to be there at all. I think you should recognize that, you know, you've been elevated to a position that, that now supersedes any, it supersedes everything, man. You are now about your people. And so whenever you, whenever you try to lead from the position of power, you're not embracing the needs of your team. So always remember that, that your team is where you came from or somewhere close to that nature. So you're no better than them. You're just in a higher position. The reason you're in that higher position is because someone thinks that, that you can take the heat of that position. So in my opinion, if you lead from the position of authority or from the position of power, you're, you're not taking that heat correctly. That makes sense. It does. And I, I like how you put it as, you know, taking the heat and your ability to take heat for your team, sort of providing air cover so that they can get what they need to do done. And you're making sure that they're not getting bombarded from stuff from above, from above you, for example. Absolutely. Because, I mean, we've all been in those corporate situations. And when I say corporate, the United States Army, I love the Army with all my heart. However, the amount of garbage that comes down the chain of command is pure insanity. And if you don't have a good leadership team above you, you're constantly getting bombarded with all this nonsense. And it's just your typical bureaucracy and nothing ever gets accomplished in a bureaucracy. And so those leaders are so important to just absorb all the nonsense and, and shield your team because, you know, that nonsense is going to take away from your training, from, you know, your going and doing, from your physical fitness, from your mental health, like all the things you should be focused on. All the nonsense is going to get garbled up in it and clutter it and make it kind of hard to get all that stuff done. So, yeah, 100%. I, I like how you put that. Like, you, you got to shield your team from all that nonsense, all that garbage. Yeah, I like it. Got to shield the team. Let them, let them do what they do. It's kind of funny because I had a, I had an officer tell me one time because I, I was a non-commissioned officer. If you don't understand how the, the rank structure in the military works, Google it. But the, you have two branches, basically. You have officers and non-commissioned officers, different jobs, uh, similar authority, I guess you could say. Anyway, I had an officer tell me that one time that during a movement that I wasn't qualified to make decisions for my guys. Right, because the, there's all this nonsense we were supposed to be doing, and we didn't have time to do it. So it's just like, you know what? That can go on the back burner for a while. And this officer is yelling at me, and it's, he, he basically told me that I, I didn't have the authority to, to be making these decisions. But at the same time, I'm totally trusted whenever bullets are coming at our faces. So it's like, man, a simple movement versus bullets. I mean, 
I think I'm a little more qualified than you are there, sir. But it's just funny how, how people view it. When, when you're at the top looking down, you view it as necessity. When you're at the bottom looking up, you're like, what is this craziness? Yeah. And so trying to shield your team from the craziness, I think, is you know continuing our theme here. Yeah, it, it, it was just a funny story I thought I'd share. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> We've been talking about teams a little bit, so let's let's drill into that. How do you build a high-performing team? What's your experience? So, you know, the first thing that I always do in the military, the, there's a big thing about a non-fraternization. Seniors don't fraternize with the lowers and vice versa. I've always strongly disagreed with that, and I'm not saying that I was best friends with everybody. However, I always ate with my soldiers every single day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner if I could. Sometimes I had other priorities and I couldn't, but if I could, I always ate with my soldiers. I'm not sure what that that showed them. I've put a lot of thought into it and I have a lot of theories, but when I started doing that, I, I saw a significant increase in, in trust and performance and pretty much all measurable scales, my, my team elevated significantly. So my first rule is I always, always eat with my team. And it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be every meal. It could just be one meal a week, but I'm always there eating with my team if I can. I would say the second thing is you're working right next to them. And I don't mean micromanaging. One of my favorite things to do is to show up and be like, I'm here, put me to work. How can, how can I help you today? Sometimes I get told to go away, and I do. Sometimes I get told, you know, to do the, the most basic run-of-the-mill stuff you can possibly think of doing. Sometimes I get given com- complicated tasks, but I never sit there and micromanage. There have been several instances where I, I was observing a mistake being made, And I did what I could to mitigate the impact of the mistake. So it was more of a soft fail than a hard fail. But I didn't, I just let it happen. And they actually got a little mad at me for not stopping the process. And it's like, you know, I wanted you to learn from from this situation. It's not a big deal. We're going to, you know, we can fix it. I already have a plan in place to fix it. Or I already have a plan to fix it. We're good. But no matter what, I'm always there working with them or almost for them rather than micromanaging, supervising, all of that nonsense. That, that shows your team a great deal of humility. It shows them that you're willing to do the work. You know, nothing is more frustrating than, than a leader that just sits in their ivory tower and doesn't come down. Uh, when you get in the trenches and you're working the shovel right next to one of your guys, that's what truly builds trust. And that, I, that I think, is probably the most effective way to get them to take, you know, take as many bullets for you as you are for them. You know, that reminds me of a mistake I made my first time I was promoted to, to being a manager. I was promoted above my team. So there were three of us, and suddenly I was elevated above them, and I was their manager. And so I put together a presentation and sat down with them and explained my leadership style and how things were going to go. And I started delegating things. And one of them, I'll never forget this, Tria looks at me and she says, are you going to do any work? And I'm like, well, of course I am. I'm going to be running the team. And the look on her face, man, was just like, you you clearly <laughs> do not understand this. So yeah, that was that was definitely learning by exception, that, that gig. 
<laughs> yeah, 100%. And, you know, the, but again, those lessons are the best lessons in life you'll ever learn. Those, those hard lessons that are just like, oh, I can't believe I did that. And you're embarrassed looking back. And you almost want to write him an email and just be like, look, I'm so sorry. But no, those lessons are the best lessons. And I, every time, because I, I, I still do it today, I still make all kinds of blunders. Whether, you know, my, my, my worst habit in the world is I get snippy with people. Like, especially if they aren't picking up what I'm putting down, you know, it's like I'm trying to communicate and they're not understanding. And it's real easy for me to get snippy. When And I fully believe, you know, if they aren't understanding me as the leader, it's my job to go to where they're at. I can't expect them to come to where I'm at. And I get that, but still, it's hard to, to not be snippy sometimes. So, I mean, to this day, I still struggle with that. But, you know, I have to own it. Um, my team knows it. They expect it. And they know it's it's not personal. Um, I've apologized for it enough times that they, they get it. So it's to the point now, it's like, hey, look, I'm really sorry they're like, you're good, dude. I already know what you're going to say. Just go away. I'm like, cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on not being snippy myself. I'm, I'm working on meditating, taking yoga, calming down so I can be more fully present and not snippy. Oh, that, that hits the nail on the head right there, man. In order to be a good, effective leader, especially if you're new to the gig, it's always about self-improvement. It's always about education, finding ways to better yourself. You know, the, the greatest mentors I ever had in the military were always the, the best around, right? And that's, that's why they were in the positions they were in. And when you become the best, that, that's how you just grab someone by the backpack and you're dragging them along with you. I've literally been drug places, right? Like, let's go. And they, you know, they grab a hold of your kit and they just start dragging you. And so, I mean, that that's what it takes. And but in order to get to that, to be that person, it's just constant self improvement, constant education, constant med- like you said, meditation, mindfulness. You know, exercise. I strongly encourage exercise. Under some, understand some people can't, but if you can strongly recommend it. There's just so much clarity comes when you exercise. Yeah, totally agree. In fact, when we're done here, I am, I'm supposed to go to the gym. That's the idea, but I've been awake since five this morning and I don't know. So, so we'll see. Yeah, All right. You got it, brother. Hit that uh, gym. Thank you. Uh, uh, maybe I'll do an abbreviated workout. Okay. <laughs> last, last question for you in this segment is what's one book you suggest all new managers read? Oh, wow. I wasn't ready for that. Oh, man. You know what? We already talked about them. So I'm going to pull out a Simon Sinek's Start With Why. Oh, man. But there's... Okay. Can I give you three? <laughs> sure. Yeah, go for it. So so Simon Sinek's Start With Why. And I'll, I'll just give a brief reason. Uh, start With Why because in order to be an effective leader, you have to lead with purpose. In order to lead with purpose, you have to freaking know your purpose. Right. So and I'm not just talking about the company's purpose or mission statement or whatever. That's fantastic. What is your purpose? So always start with your why. And I think Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, is a great, a great tool uh, for that for that reason. The next one is Build a Story Brand by Donald Miller, which is really an entrepreneur marketing sales book. However, he teaches you how to build a story so you can sell. 
part of being a leader is you have to sell your team. And that book has been really, really effective, not just in, in my entrepreneurial journeys, but in leading, just getting, you know, being able to craft that story so that I paint a clear picture to communicate with my team. Oh, man, spot on. And then the second one would be, or the third one, I'm sorry, would be Atomic Habits by James Clear. Is it James Clear? I think yeah, it's James I've Clear. Actually, he, I've met him. He's a mountain of a man. He's like six foot seven or something. Really? Oh my gosh. Wow. I didn't know that. He's super tall. That's crazy. I had no clue. Anyway, yeah. Atomic Habits, because our, our habits define our lives. If you have toxic habits, that toxicity is going to spread to your team. And so, you you know, Atomic Habits is a good way to, or a good book to flush out all that nonsense and, and help you start building better, more productive, healthier habits. All right. Bonus three books. <laughs> That's good stuff. Let's transition now and talk about you for a second. Do you have a product or a service you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, definitely. So I do a lot of things, but one of the, the things I, uh, I love is helping people learn how to set effective goals. And real quick story, I was in the military when uh, wrist GPSs became a thing. We called it a wrist Garmin, and they were huge, man. They were bigger than my watch. They were like, they were like bricks on your wrist. Like It's like having a cell phone, right? So when, when we first got those wrist Garmins, we no longer had to navigate with a map, compass, and protractor, which you talk about a time saver. Oh man, it was amazing. So I was, you know, in typical soldier fashion one day thinking about things, probably a little more sauce than I should have been. I was like, you know, I wish life had a GPS like, uh, like my Garmin where I could just, you know, plug in the coordinates and go where I want to go. And then I got to thinking about it. Like, you know what? There is. So I started this program of how to set goals and literally make a GPS map to, to get there. And so that, that's my new product. That's, what, that's my new service that I'm providing. It's just four simple lessons uh, over the course of a month with me. Um, you can find it on my website, www.renownedleadership.com. That's renowned, not renowned. Actually, I probably should buy that other URL and just link them together. Anyway, so yeah, that, that's my new service. And uh, head over there and check me out. Being a map geek, I love that idea. And and I cannot get anywhere without a GPS anymore. So the analogy works really well. <laughs> yeah, I moved, I moved up to Seattle from the Bay Area. I mean, it took three months before I could get to the grocery store without a GPS. It's just... It's insane, isn't it? Yeah, I've just completely lost that part of my brain that has the little map inside. Don't have it. Yeah, I went hiking not too long ago and I pulled out my map and I was looking at it and I'm like, crap, how do I read this again? And bro, I did it, I did it for a living for years. <laughs> oh, Technology, I, man. I love a good map. I do. I love a good map. I, I was this close to picking a graphic for the cover of the book. That was going to be that was going to be a map, a topographic map with a with a red dotted line showing the path. Mm -hmm. I, got, I got voted down, but I was I was really oh. interested in that. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, brother. Well, Stephen, thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation. How can people find you? So you mentioned your website. So do it again. Let's make sure people can find you on your website, LinkedIn, whatever. Yeah, definitely. You can uh, search me on LinkedIn. I'm on there as Stephen J. Morris. And that's Stephen with a PH. 
Or you can head over to my website, www.renownedleadership. I don't even have to say the three W's anymore. I don't know why I still do that. Head over to renownedleadership.com and uh, you can find me there. There's a contact button where you can just click it and it shoots me an email straight to me, not my people. It comes straight to me, my personal email. If you got any questions for me or just want to have a chat, hit me up, man. I love to talk to people. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Please subscribe, comment, share, and connect with me on LinkedIn. Watch for my book, Lead Like a Pro, The Essential Guide for New Managers, coming September 20th. We will catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Management Development Unlocked. Want more? Get a ton of insider tips and tools at GerardTrainingSolutions.com. 